Hello and welcome to Highland Football Weekly, hosted by me, Ian Ald. Well, how often do we hear in football nowadays that players don't stick around at clubs like they used to? However, at Cali Thistle, they have a very own man worthy and befitting of a testimonial. Aaron Doran has been at the club for a decade now, well over 300 appearances, many big moments. He's won trophies along the way and plenty of big goals as well. So sit back and enjoy the next hour in the company of Aaron Doran as we look over his 10 years and counting at Inverness Cowie Thistle. Delighted to welcome on to Highland Football Weekly now, Cowie Thistle's Aaron Doran. Aaron, how are you doing? Yeah, brilliant. Uh, looking forward to being on. Uh, I've listened to a lot of them, so yeah, I'm excited. Good stuff, Aaron. Aaron, of course, you're. Um, I always start by saying to a guest, we'll look over their career, but uh, like last week in Gavin Morrison, a former teammate of yours, um, of course, you're very much uh, still playing and still uh, very much involved. Uh, let's let's focus on the present. Um, Cali Thistle this season, real good start to the season. Um, you were leading the way uh, for a great number of weeks there. Um, Kilmarnock have kind of edged you out and gone top, but you're not far off it. In terms of the, the season so far, of course, Billy Dodds um, having come in in the summer, how have you, what have you made of the, the season so far? I think it's it's been, a re- as you said, it's been a, a really good start. We were top for, for a long time and uh, right now we're only a point behind Kilmarnock, so we're really confident. I think this is, is probably going to be the best chance we've had to get promotion for a few years now. Uh, we're really strong. We have a lot of young lads and, and a lot of experience, which we, we haven't had earlier in the last couple of seasons as well. So uh, we're confident and as you said, we want to push and we want to get promoted. We've been in the championship too long now. You mentioned the squad there. What I love about the, the Cali Thistle squad, you've got a lot of, um, you've got a real good mix. So you've got the, the younger guys who are maybe only a couple of years with the club, like Scott Allardyce and, and, um, and Robbie Dees. Who have, who have you know pretty much um, you know standouts every week. Wallace Duffy in there as well. Then you've got the kind of experienced guys. Obviously, Mark Bridges has been there for a number of years. Um, then you add in you know, even more experienced players: Michael Gardine, Billy McKay, Danny Devine coming back to the club as well. Um, so there's a there's a real good mix there. And, and talk to us about the, the 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 arrival or the the re-signing of of Danny Devine and, and Billy McKay and. Michael Garding coming in as well. Kirk Broadfoot too. You know, real good experience in the ranks now. Yeah, in this league, I think you need that. You can't just depend on the youth alone. Like we have a lot of good players that have obviously came through the youth system, like Roddy, um, uh, Cami Harper, and then as you said, we have Scotty, Deasy, all who also in and they're young and they want to enhance their career here. But to bring in uh, the more experienced lads just helps them and. Uh, it, it keeps them uh, on their toes and on their feet. So I think this is the main season for us because over the last couple of years, it's been a bit too young. And with the last that I've came in, I think they can only help us. And as you, as you can see now, we're really pushing towards top of the league at the moment. And I think it's been a, a good couple of signings that uh, the gaffer has made this season. And we just want to be up there come the end of the season. In terms of your own season so far, Aaron, of course, you know, you've you've worked with John Robertson in the past. Neil McCann came in as interim manager last season as well. Billy Dodds 
is a again another uh, legendary striker uh, in Scottish football. Um, a real at- attacking element to the squad as well, and that must be great for you. Uh, you know, you've you've got some goals to your name this season as well. How how's the season been for yourself personally, uh, working under Billy? Good. He just tells you to get out there, and he wants he wants the team to attack. He wants to play nice football, get the ball wide when he can, and uh, put balls into the box, which is which is good, and which is what the strikers that we have want. You know, you know what Billy McCoy wants. You know what he's like in the box, and then we obviously have Manny, uh, Shane Sutherland as well. So we have goals in the team, and. You can see uh, Midge Gardner is scoring from the wing as well, and uh, Tom Walsh's assistant. So we have a, a lot of talent in the attacking area. So we just we want to score more goals, and we want to keep going and push as far as we can this season because we do have a good squad and we're confident in ourselves. I had to double check this just to um, just to make sure it was it was real. Um, Ten years you've been at Cali Thistle, um, which is which is quite something. Obviously, you've the experience no doubt we'll, we'll go on to talk about your your decade at, at Cali Thistle because you've you've pretty much been and seen and done it all um I want to take you back to the the very start of your career because um you um signed for Blackburn Rovers as a youngster uh, growing up in Ireland of course as well uh, talk to us about how that move from Ireland to Blackburn Rovers came about then of course Blackburn Rovers were a were a Premier League side Really just came about from playing with the underage Ireland squad. So I think I was playing with the under 16s and then scouts to start obviously coming along and watching your games and uh, you you get asked to go along in a trial. So I was, I was at a few clubs. I was at Spurs, Blackburn. I went to Celtic as well. Uh, Man City, a few others. And it just came down to what I felt when I was over there in trial. I liked Blackburn. All the young lads lived together on site in the same house, so I wouldn't have to live in digs with people that I didn't really know. So that that's what helped a lot. And then uh, there was a few players from uh, the same club as me moving there as well. So I just thought that would be easier. And Blackburn were obviously a mid-table premiership side at the time, so I was thinking which would be the best opportunity for me to try and break into the first team. So that's basically how I ended up uh, signing there. And in terms of um, moving over from Ireland as well, I mean, obviously you're... Yeah, you, you've set your sights on becoming a professional footballer. No, uh, no um, nerves about moving away from home. Yeah, there definitely was um, because I was nervous about where I was going to be living, who I was going to be living with. So, as I said, taking some of the other lads from the club that I was at made it a bit easier because they were with me all the time, and I wasn't actually as homesick as everyone was telling me I might be. Uh, I just got over there and I enjoyed it from the start. Uh, I loved it to be honest and. It was a really good time for me. Now, looking at your your Blackburn Rovers spell, of course, you know you were with the club a number of years as a, as a youngster. But um, very interested to talk about your your appearances for the club as well. It's not bad. You made three appearances for Blackburn Rovers in the Premier League, and when you look at the games you had, they were all away from home. One at Anfield, one at the Etihad, and one at Stamford Bridge as well. Now, your debut, everyone, of course, you know every professional footballer, I would, I would imagine would remember their debut. Years came for Blackburn Rovers as a second-half sub at Anfield against Liverpool. And I had a look at the Liverpool side. I mean, there's so many uh, names out there that you know that stand out. Fernando Torres was playing, Dirk Coit, Xabi Alonso. Uh, what are your memories of your Rovers debut at Anfield? Well, just basically leading up to, the, to that game, we played Liverpool reserves on the Tuesday night. So that was at Ewood Park and... Uh, 
Sam Allardyce was there watching and uh, had a really good game. Well, the first 60 minutes, I was, I was played really well. I won a penalty, I think, and I was, I was doing well. So he, I got took off after 60 minutes. So I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I thought I was doing well. And then obviously I went into the dressing room and he told me I needed to get in a nice bath and just get recovered because the, the gaffer wanted me in the squad for the, the game at uh, Anfield at the weekend. So I was buzzing, really buzzing with that. I, just, I rang my mum and my dad sh- straight away after that game to let them know. Uh, but I didn't expect to be to come on or even be on the bench. I thought I might be make the squad the 90th man because that, that happened a few times before that. But yeah. it was an exciting period. Um, and I was really looking forward to that game. And then getting named, I got named on the bench. But again, didn't didn't not expect to come on. And then I don't know what score it was at halftime. We were getting beat 2, two or 3 nil. I remember Fernando Torres scored that volley over the shoulder into the top corner. Okay, was that that day was it yeah that was that day when uh, and then i was just warming up at half time and then the coach came out and just told me i need to get myself ready get myself going so i was basically the first sub uh, which was was obviously pretty daunting and i was i was i was nervous because it was a full house um but it was a special day and something that i'll never forget even i think the game ended five nil uh daniel agar scored from about 35 yards in the second half i should have pressed him a bit better but what can you do <laughs> it's amazing you remember those we uh, remember those, those, those wee details as well. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Liverpool tune up at half time, and you know, obviously, as you say, you're, you you would have been involved in around the, the squad. But you, you're named as part of the 18, and uh, no doubt, you know, obviously, finding out that you're on the bench is still a big moment. You know, you're at Anfield yeah. as well. Anfield at that time, it's pre uh, the the it was pre the um the new main stand that they've got there that old you know the old stand there with the 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 sign as you you come out the tunnel all that kind of stuff you know obviously you you've been exposed to but you're right you you get the shout you come on as a second half sub at half time uh, for Aaron McQuenna um and, and that must have been you know well you're saying there you were out warming up and then you know you get a chap in the chap in the shoulder and you basically got to to get ready and you know and you've not really got much time to think about it have you no, I didn't. Uh, the next thing I know, I'm standing with the fourth official and my number's going up, which was brilliant, obviously. And then I went on on the, the right wing. Oh, got some uh, nice touches. I think I ball got past me and I've turned with the outside of my foot. I had a little look over my shoulder and it was Xabi Alonso. So I've spun him and he's took me out and he, he's got a yellow car. So that's something I tell people as well. I got Xabi Alonso booked. <laughs> but I think it was the... sure it was the... An anniversary of Hillsborough as well, so it was just, right. Yeah, well, it was, it was April time as well, so yeah, you're probably right there actually. Yeah. The lane reached before the game, and it was a crazy atmosphere in the stadium. So it was a special day to make my debut. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, everyone will remember the debut, but that one especially. I mean, that is that's quite something. I'm not too sure if you have a, a, an English side or, but still, I mean, um, you know, and as I say, Anfield, Etihad, and and Chelsea. Um, with your three appearances on your kind of breakthrough, breakthrough season, even that Chelsea team as well, you come on as a, a, a sub late in the first half against Chelsea. And w- again, when you read through the names, it's it's Chelsea, it's SEN, Lampard, Cole, Petr Cech, Drogba, Anelka. You know, these are guys that you probably no doubt will have watched on telly, you know, growing yeah. up or, you know, certainly in the youth system at Blackburn. And, and there you are, you're on this, you're sharing the same pitches. I mean, that's kind of pinch yourself stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it was a crazy time. As you said, like I played 
the Man City team was just when they'd made them big signings as well. So Robinho was on the pitch, stuff yep. like that. And then against Chelsea, I was directly up against Ashley Cole. Um, so they and Lampard was playing. He went Maluda, big players, and for me to come on as a seventeen-year-old, basically, yeah, it was it was my time. But it was something I really enjoyed and something I will always remember. Um, even with the manager, he was putting me on as the first sub every every time he needed me, um, and we were still fighting for relegation. So he showed it showed a lot of trust in me, and uh, I'm still pretty proud of the playing in the Premier League. It's not not a lot of people get to do it, so it's something that I can always say that I've done. Absolutely. You mentioned the manager there, Sam Allardyce. Of course, he he's a I'm not saying he's a figure of fun, but he's you know he's someone that obviously he's a he's a big character in the game and. I always feel sorry for Sam Allardyce because he always gets lumped in that kind of bracket like Steve Bruce and and, and a lot of negative stuff gets said about him. I know that he's had his, you know, his issues over the years with the England stuff and et cetera, but um, I always quite like him. I always think, you know, he's quite a, a decent enough guy from the outside looking in. Sam Allardyce for you, obviously, you know, he's shown that faith in you as a youngster. What was working alongside Sam Allardyce like for you? Oh, I enjoyed it. I know he gets a, a bad reputation for the football that he, he tries to play, but he he brings a lot of staff for him and he works a lot on statistics uh, of the game. Like he wants the ball in there more in their box than it is in your half. So every time you get a chance to put the ball into their box, he thinks it's going to be a better chance for you to score. But that's not saying he doesn't want you to play football. He wants you to play football. He says that every, every time you're going out the game, get the ball down and pass it as much as you can. But if you get a chance to put the ball in the box, put it in there and, I think he had he's had great success. I think the first time he's got relegated only was last season with West Brom. Other than yeah. that, he comes in and he usually saves the teams with the way he plays. I know some of the fans obviously won't like it, but he got success from uh, uh, and I he's a he's a good guy. He's he's a funny guy, and uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I appreciate that he gave me the chance that he gave me. Yeah, I kind of lump him in the, the, the same bracket as likes of Steve Bruce, Tony, Tony Pulis, etc. The guys yeah. that get a kind of unfair rep, but when you look at their, their record, it's you know it's, it's it stands up there. Um your teammates at Blackburn Rovers, as, as we mentioned, you know, you have come into the club as a as a youngster and you know, obviously working your way up, you, you'll be around these guys on a kind of daily basis at training, etc. But when you're thrown into that first team environment, I mean there's plenty kind of big names, if you like, in the Blackburn side. Paul Robinson's there. Uh, big Chris Samba, as we mentioned, Adam McQuenna, Benny McCarthy, El Hadj Juf, uh, two guy who was formerly of Rangers, a, a real class act in the middle of the park. Some real big names there as well. Who was the who was the who was the guy or guys that that kind of helped you as a youngster? Um, you know, finding your feet in that first team and and being thrown into that Premier League environment. Benny McCarthy was actually very supportive. Uh, he looked after you. Like you go into some training sessions, and as a young lad, you you're obviously nervous. You can lose the ball a few times, and there's people that would just get on your back. They don't care what age you are. They're just they're just basically winners. But some people obviously take that the wrong way, and they go into their shell. But Benny McCarthy, obviously a massive name, Champions League winner, was was really supportive. He always helped any young lad coming over to train with, with the first team, and also. Two guy, which which you mentioned, unbelievable player, like probably probably the best player I've seen uh, play or have played with his passing range and his uh, just some of the volleys he scored in the games that I was I was at is unbelievable. And I think he smoked 30, 30 a day and just ate whatever he liked, but an unbelievable player. So them two really top top players and 
really supportive and helpful helpful to the young lads. So they helped me a lot, yeah. Elhan Stuf, is he as mental and as crazy as as it's you know, as it's made out? Is he kind of yeah, sharing a, a dressing room with him must have been a bit of a, a strange experience as a youngster. Yeah, it was strange. He's he's one of them guys that uh, like if young lad having a bad session, he'd just be on you all day, yeah. all game, like just doesn't care on you. But you know, I actually liked him. I had I sat beside him a good few times on the bus, and I had a an iPod, I think it was at the time, and he just he'd hound me to put Acon on it so he could listen to Acon sitting on the bus. So I had to do that for him. But another thing about him, I think he, I was on loan a pair for six months, and he was on loan at Rangers. Yeah. So we'd uh, we've obviously be Celtic three two after the split, and yes, then of course, yeah. Rangers had gone on to win the next whatever four or five games, and they they won the league. And then I come back to Blackburn in preseason. And he was there as well. He had his uh, his medal around his neck, and he, re- he started running after me, hugging me, and all that, saying thank you, obviously, because we we be Celtic, which wasn't a nice feeling because I was obviously a Celtic a Celtic fan, uh, growing up and stuff like that. So. That that was that was good, um, but Yaz is a, a crazy guy. You can see he was getting he used to get into fights with Stephen Warnock and training all the time. I think we were on a trip in in Dubai as well, and he's I think one of the players was drunk and he slapped him on the bus. So he does have a nasty side. But to me personally, he was actually he was all right. I got along with him pretty well, and he's a funny guy. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, if you- yeah. You treat others how you know you're treated, and if you know if, if someone's decent enough to you, then yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he does. He does have a. I'm, I'm sure it must have been uh, fun and games uh, sharing a, a dressing room with him, uh, as lots of his former teammates have kind of uh, told that years years coming out. Now you mentioned there, obviously you're you're on loan at Cali Thistle in 2011. Um, you had a short spell at, at MK Dons on loan the following season after making your breakthrough at, at Blackburn. And then you arrive in Inverness uh, at the start of 2011, 10 years on, you, you, you're still here. Um, talk to us about the move to the Highlands then. As you, as you, might, as you mentioned there, you were on loan initially. Um, so Terry Butcher brought you in on loan. Um, but talk to us about that kind of conversation before you're going up there. I mean, you must have... You know, obviously, the first thing I think most people do is is, is check where Inverness is on the map. But um, yeah, what what's the thinking behind the loan move to Inverness? Um, first of all, the first time I heard about it was actually from a, another player, Johnny Johnny Flynn. His name was he. He was at Blackburn with me, and he'd moved to Ross County. I don't That's know, right, maybe yeah. The year before, and he's like, "Oh, he's saying Terry Butcher was talking to me about you." Uh, he's going to try and get you a move to Inverness, and that Johnny Flynn was like, "Ireland's not going to go to Inverness." That's what he was saying to me, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And then I think it was about two weeks later, I just get called in. Uh, basically, just said we're, we're going to send John Long to to Inverness, and I did have a look to see how far it was, and then miles away. But I knew I knew of Inverness because uh, I knew that Adam Rooney played for them, and I knew Johnny Hayes because we watched a couple of months before and I seen that goal he scored against Rangers where he's like cut across the ball and it's gone to the top corner. So yeah. I knew there was some Irish players playing up there. And I also checked on the position in the table and I seen they were toward in the league. So it was I was excited. I wanted to come up. I wanted to play in, in big games and eventually it happened. Yeah, you made that move in January 2011. And well, I'm keen to get your 
your thoughts on Terry Butcher in a moment because from Sam Allardyce to Terry Butcher, you know, again, massive characters in the game. But you mentioned there, Adam Rooney, you know, in terms of when a new player moves to a new country, a new club, a new city, etc. Obviously, you know, it's very keen. You're very keen to settle. Um, having Adam Rooney, Johnny Hayes, Richie Foran, you know, fellow uh, Irishman at the club must have been a good thing for you as well. Yeah, definitely. The first game, I think, I got up on the, it was either Monday or Tuesday, we played, I think it was the Monday, and we played Aberdeen on the Tuesday night. Well, I hadn't met any of the players yet, so i just uh, gone straight into the, well, Terry's office, and he just said, well, you're going to be on the bench tonight, um, but be ready, you'll come on. And he was, he's about six foot four, big guy, so he's intimidating, but that's the first time I really spoke to him, but it wasn't, it wasn't for long. And then I went into the dressing room and I was sitting next to Johnny Hayes, but I didn't know what he was talking about because he was just sitting there and he speaks really low. So he was whispering to me. So I didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> first of all. And then that game, I think we, we got beat 1-0. Um, I come on for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but after the game, I think it was Morris Malpass was, he was going crazy. We, we got beat and he was shouting, I, you are losing me my money. Talking, I think he's talking about win bonuses. And he started kicking the blue laundry things about. And this is really the first time I've seen anything like this in football. He was just going crazy. So I was like, oh, wow, this is nuts. But uh, I loved it. From every, from coming on loan for that six months, I loved it. Um, we played a, I played a lot of games and... Uh, the, the people around the club and in the club are brilliant. Adam Rooney, the next day, like he was ringing me, he wanted me to come into town and he was showing me everywhere about him and Johnny Hayes as well. So uh, I felt at home really early and they were top lads. And there was, again, there was a lot of top older pros then and younger lads come through. So that was a, a good mix. And I think they just, they just come up from the championship the season before. I think they went on a crazy run after Christmas and they, they continued that into their fourth season. I think we ended up just missing out on the top six, but it was a, it was a brilliant experience for me. Yeah, that, that was a really good season. Um, and, and Callie Thistle did, you know, hit the ground running, uh, moving up from the, the championship. It's funny you mentioned the Morris Malpass there going going mental on your first game. Um, I, I, you know, I'm led to believe that Morris and Terry would often play, you know, role reversed, good cop, bad cop, but, but Morris could go as well, couldn't he? Oh, definitely. Over the years, I've seen him go... Um, I think we'd <laughs> we'd have a bad result at the weekend, and then the door would just open. If we were due to get paid, like the door would open, and you just launch the pay slips in. And he's like, "You don't deserve them," but <laughs> you just do stuff like that. But I, I, me and Morris had a, a really good relationship. If you, if you work hard and you, you do everything that's asked for you, he, you'll get along, and he'll get along with you. So it was it was good, and I liked having both of them. Uh, him and Terry were good for me as well. And I spoke to Mo. Um probably at the start of the year. And actually, I'd only, once I'd finished speaking to him, I'd completely forgot about a, a, an incident I'd heard. I think was it a young lad on loan from Celtic. Was it Andre Blackman? And, yeah. and Morris just clashed. I mean, I think Andre played well in one game and then just disappeared. And I think him and Morris had a kind of, you know, a bit of a, a set to. But I, I think when you go back there, you know, speaking about Morris, um, just wanting you to work hard. And I think that was the beauty of Cali Thistle has been for the last number of years. If you, you know, just work hard and, and put the effort in, you should get the rewards. And I think, you know, certainly Terry and Mo were big advocates of that. Yeah, if you, you've done your job and worked hard, like you could have a laugh with Mo, you could have a laugh at Terry, but once you get onto that pitch and you put everything 
into the game that you can. Yeah, it was it was an easy place to play, and that's all that's all they wanted. And I think we were we were really fit. We we always done a hard preseason, and we worked hard during the week. Uh, we all knew our jobs and what we needed to do. So it was it was good times when when they were there, and obviously they left to go to Hibs, and it didn't go so well. But I think they had the players up here that were willing to to do that every week, even. I read something somewhere about the Hibs players not wanting to go out in the cold weather. We were out in Fort George, like in the snow, and we just we were all we all enjoyed being out there together. It was really a tight knit group, and uh, I think we got the success from that. Now you sign permanently um, at the end of that season. You obviously you mentioned earlier on about going back to to Blackburn, and when the the move came to to make it permanent again, have a no brainer for yourself. Were you really enjoying your football? Uh, yeah, um, it just it did come about. Obviously, I went back to Blackburn, uh, hoping to be trying break it again into the first team, which was managed by Steve Keane at the time. We've obviously had a a few changes of managers, and Steve Keane, obviously when he first came in, I was on the bench a couple of times again before I went made my move to Inverness on loan. But I thought I'd go back. I'd done well on loan at Inverness, like, so I expected to be maybe be involved again. But he just said uh, I had a year left in my deal, and he's. He said, "You basically you can you can go if you like," which uh, I chose to do. I didn't want to sit around for that year, not and hoping I could get in. I wanted to get out and play, so uh, my agent started uh, looking about. And Inverness were interested. Um, Derek McInnes at St Johnston wanted to sign me as well, and uh, Aberdeen uh, tried at the same time. I think I was in Dublin when Derek McInnes rang me, and they were just about to come over for pre-season and he asked me to like meet him and join up with him but once I knew uh, Inverness wanted me that was the only choice I wanted to make because yeah. I knew from the season well from the loan spell I played most of the games and I was I was still I was only 19 years of age so I thought I could come up here and play uh, and that's what I needed at that at that age so it was only going to be Inverness really that I was going to choose it's interesting. Derek McInnes was was in, was interested in you. No doubt, he would have probably seen you. Um, you starred in, in one of the games towards the end of the the season on your first loan spell and scored at McDermott Park. I remember that game actually. Um, Cali Thistle were, were brilliant that day. I think it was a Monday night game, if memory serves me right. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you, obviously, you, you make the move to um, to Cali Thistle uh, permanently. The, the second season. I think injuries was a was a big factor in your in your season. Quite a frustrating year for for you personally, um, and obviously the, the club as well. Um, kind of they were uh, well weren't really, but they were towards the, the bottom end of the table. I was going to say relegation trouble, but Hibs and Dunfermline kind of fought that out between themselves uh, most mm-hmm. of the season. The following season, um, Terry Butcher obviously made. A number of changes to the to the squad brought in a lot of um, players over the over the uh, the close season, like Sir Ross Draper and David Raven and Gary Warren uh, arrived as well. Um, it was the second season that Andrew Shinney uh, was at the club, and uh, him and Billy McKay really clicked that season. You went on to make uh, over forty appearances that season um, for the club. Talk to us about that season because that season again, very nearly the club almost got Europe towards the end. That was a pretty incredible season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was a, a brilliant season. Obviously, there there was a lot of changes and just the names that you mentioned there, like top, top guys, top players uh, coming from the, the lower leagues in Eng- England. Um, Gary Warren, David Raven and uh, Drapes. 
just top professionals and like even off the pitch top guys. So they're they were great signings uh, to bring into the club and uh, that season. Yeah, I pl- I played. I've started every game. I played every game because the season before I, I did struggle. I dislocated my shoulder and then I just getting kept getting hamstring injuries, so I couldn't get going. But the second season, the season after that, uh, loved it. I think uh, I think Andy Shinney, Billy scoring a, a lot of goals. Then we had Drapes and. I think it was Owen, Owen Tudor Jones. Yep. And obviously we had Josh and uh, Gaz, Graham Shinney, a top, top squad. Um, and we did just miss out on Europe. I think we the second last game of the season was against Dundee United where they just beat us 2-1. Yep. Then we had a depleted squad really going over to away to Ross County, which we we lost that game as well on a pretty terrible pitch. But it was a great season and the... Brought a lot of a lot of players showed up that season, and I think we were forced to reckon with. We carried it on into the into the next season, really. Yeah, that season you you beat both halves of the old Fremantle Rangers weren't in the uh, in the well anywhere near the league that season. Of course, they were a, a, a Division Three side, but you, you beat them in the cup and you beat Celtic at Parkhead as well. And quite an incredible feat, you know, to go and beat. Okay, Rangers had their problems, but they still had a decent team out to go and beat both halves of the old firm on their own patch as well within a couple of weeks of each other. That was a really big achievement for, for anyone, not just Cali Thistle. Yeah, I think it was huge because we beat Celtic uh, 1-0 and then we went and beat Aberdeen a few days later. I think, mm-hmm. we, were, I think we were top of the league in November. Mm-hmm. Or second, it was... And then I remember that Rangers game really well because... Yeah, we absolutely barred them 3 0 and we yeah. passed them off the park. And it was, they were lucky it was only 3 0. I know they were in a lower league, but they did have really good players still. And we've absolutely barred them and then beat Kilmarnock a few days later again. So there was some great results and some great football we were playing. And yes, you can see some of the players that we've had in that team have gone on to make great careers for ourselves. One of the um, moments of the, of the season for me that year, and, and, and probably for yourself as well, that obviously the Highland Derby. It was a massive thing that season because it was the first time that two clubs had met in terms of a top flight game. The first game at, uh, at the Caledonian Stadium was was excellent. It was a Friday night game under the lights. Uh, it, well, I think there was a couple of cracking goals. Ian Vigers scored one, if I remember. Uh, a real uh, hit one from the uh, 25 yards out. But you won at the end uh, to seal it and, and win the game 3-1 uh, for Cali Thistle. Um, always gets brought up on, on highlight reels and it'll come up so often on social media. Um, that, again, must be a bit of a, must have been a bit of a special moment for you to, to score the clincher in the, in the first Highland SPL derby. Yeah, still, that's the best derby that I've played in, like the best Highland derby that I've played in, just because I didn't really know too much about it and there was a big buzz all that week because it was going to be the first one in the, in the tough league. Um, we just started to get a good run of form coming up. I think we struggled and then we'd beat Dundee United when we beat Dundee and then we're going to that game and we were high in confidence and first half really, really good from us. Um, I think Richie scored and then Drape scored a, a fluky header, but we were 2 nil up at half time and then Ian uh, Voigers scores a, a lovely free kick and then it's still all to play for. I think I scored around the that volley around the 81st minute, which Billy always reminds me of because he's flicked the ball with his head. So he's taking the assist. But just an unbelievable atmosphere. I think the place was nearly sold out. Uh, yeah, it was um, 
it, it was probably one of the looking back on it. Well, there's been a couple of good derbies recently. Um, I mean, the Scottish Cup ties recently were, were good were good games. Um, but that game will always stay with me because that was a a, a brilliant, um, yeah, quite an, an incredible derby. Um, and there's nothing wrong with your memory either because you, you're pretty much spot on with your your scorers and even your times there as well. Just yeah. have a, a check of that there. <laughs> now, um, moving on to the... Um, well, I want to talk to you about Terry Butcher because you mentioned there, obviously, Terry brought you into the club and he's such an infectious character. He would go on to, to leave the club and the following season to join um, Hibs. Working with Terry Butcher, you know, was never dull, I'd imagine. What was he like for you personally to, to work alongside? Personally, for me, he was a, he was brilliant. Like you never knew really what he was going to do in a team talk in a meeting during during the week. We just get we just get pulled in, and then we say before pre match one day, he's just like, "All right, Aaron, you're going to give the the team talk," and that's definitely not something that I like to do. So I have to think of what I'm going to say to all the lads to try and get them going for a game, and then. It's just mad stuff. Other stuff, he'd he just pull us right. Uh, he pull us all in the meeting. If you could, if you could be any insect, what would it be? So we just we just all have to start before games. This is like I don't know why he was doing it, but it was working for us at the time because we were winning most of the time. And then there was another one uh, before the Aberdeen game. Which which type of dog would you be? That's just some of the crazy stuff he would have. Yeah. But again, similar to Mo, uh, if you if you worked hard for Terry, like. You appreciate it and you you get along with him if you didn't then there's no point you being in the club because he just wouldn't have any of it he'd like he wanted you putting 100 percent effort in and like all the lads obviously we were all sad to see him go because we had a, a really good bunch and we had a settled squad and a, and a settled team and we were we were doing we were doing well we were obviously in this i think it was semi-final of the cups and we were flying in the league so it was a tough one to take because he was a, a good a good good manager and a, a top man so we were all disappointed to see him go. Very passionate guy. And yeah. I always felt, I remember, I remember Johnny Hayes saying uh, a few years ago that he, he always hated, he always tried to get on the opposite side of the, the home dugout, if you like, you know, especially the home games. Um, because, because if he was on the left-hand side in the first half attacking the south stand, you know, Terry would be in his ear and he was on the right-hand side in the second half. And I imagine you'd probably be the same as well. I mean, he's, he, he was quick to, to dish out, you know, um, instructions, some encouragement, but, you know, probably a, a bit of abuse in there as well. Um, no doubt, you know, you've been on the receiving end of that as well as he's, you know, as you're, as you're working your way up the flanks, you know, maybe Terry letting you know what, what, he's, uh, what, he's, what he's feeling. Definitely. It's, it'd be the two of them, be Morris and uh, obviously Terry. They're just, <laughs> I'm similar to that. I would not want to be on, on their, their side playing because they're just having a go away all game. And I have a, actually a funny story about uh, Terry. Um, I think we played Partick Thistle at home and that goal that I scored from the Drapes corner where he's yeah. touched it, and I, that's from that game. So I've obviously done that. But we've conceded a last-minute goal, I think, and then I'm going back into the dressing room. And he's, he's said to me, what, have you, what were you doing? You look knackered out there. Well, he didn't say that. He said something a bit more rude than that, but I'll just keep right that. And uh, I said, I answered him back, which I don't know why I don't, because I'd never used the answer. I just said, as usual. And then he went absolutely crazy. Ran over to me and he had a, had a bottle of water in his hand. And he's just screaming. And Richie Foran's trying to hold him back and all that. And he's just 
absolutely launched the whole bottle of water in my face and I'm just dripping there sitting there with water dripping down my face and all the lads I'm just looking around and every time that story keeps getting brought back up I think it got brought back up a few a few days ago so that that's a funny one and then straight after he's done Morris comes over from you back back in to apologize and I'm thinking in my head <laughs> well, I have to go in and apologize I've just been absolutely soaked and just you're trying to bar me but no me and Terry got along really well and and uh, some good memories from him. So that that's just another funny story. Uh, yeah, yeah, you probably summed them up perfectly there because no doubt he would have not forgotten. Well, he would have probably you know not forgotten about it, but it would have been you know he wouldn't have cast it up again. You know he he would have moved on. He wouldn't have yeah definitely felt that too much. Um, but yeah, extremely uh, passionate. He moves on, and then and then John Hughes he comes in. But again, I mean that that season again. Well, you, you make 41 appearances that season. It's a season that, that sees the club reach a, a major uh, cup final for the first time in their in their history in the, in the League Cup. Again, another really good team. Obviously, there's a few more additions in the, in the summer. Marley Watkins joined, Dean Brawl, etc. Um, again, just a really good season. When John Hughes was appointed, what was your initial thoughts when, when John Hughes walks through the door? Well, my first thoughts were uh, I played a preseason game at Ewood against Hibbs, and I was on the bench first half. And this mad guy who was their manager was just out screaming for the whole game. And I was actually remember saying, "This guy's nuts." So that's the only memory I've had of him. So I was just thinking, "Oh wow, this is gonna, this is not gonna be good." <laughs> I didn't know too much about his style of play and all that at the time, so I didn't, I didn't really know what to think until. He came in, and then obviously he came in, but he didn't. He didn't have too much time on the training pitch. We had a lot of games, midweek games, so that that was the first uh, I I knew of him really. He, he took a while. Well, I say he took a while. He was very keen not to um, change things too sudden. I mean, he admitted that himself. He would. He he wanted to kind of take a watching brief and um, before he then started to implement his ideas. But again, you know, he was a centre half to trade. But the style of football we've all seen, you know, what wanted what he wanted to do and how he implemented his, his style on, on Cali Thistle. And you know, I'm not exaggerating here, but you know, people were talking about Cali Thistle, and there was a and was was a mention of Barcelona. It was really attractive football to watch, no doubt. You know, as a as an attacker, as a winger yourself, that must have been a bit of a dream as well. You know, playing in that kind of fluid, nice, you know, passing setup. Yeah, uh, I loved it. That's. Even before he came in, I had it like obviously I played on the wing, but I'd like to I'd like to come in. I'd like to try and run the ball as much as I can. I don't just like like standing out wide. Uh, so he pretty much suited the way I wanted to play. And he, he told me every day like I don't want you standing out there. Uh, I want you coming inside. He's like if you're playing against King Kong out there, you're not going to stand out there and go one v one against him all the time, are you? And I was like obviously not. So he wanted me to pick up like pockets and get on the ball and link up and play which was brilliant and I loved the, the way he played and I think the fans loved it and everyone that was watching us could see how much he didn't, he improved every player, not just the attacking players, the the defenders getting on the ball, the fullbacks, we, we were really expansive and we were a really good side to watch. Even the subs, everyone bowed into it and I loved that time when he was here. I don't know if you picked up on it, but I certainly did, um, you know, working at the club at the time, but he always added an extra S to your name. Did you notice that? Yes, yes. He always called yeah. you Dorans, which I think he probably still does it. And I, 
And it used to always, I used to, I, I never picked him up on it, but I, I think because of Graham uh, Dorans, of course, at Dunfermline, he, he just automatically assumed he always added an extra S onto your name. Did, did you ever mention it to him? No, I've never mentioned it, but he still does it because I think he was, he was at the rate game a couple of weeks ago and, he, uh-huh. and he's still doing it. Um, I think at the time when I was injured, uh, well, we didn't know I was injured at the time when I was out trying to come back from injury with uh, Dunk at the mm-hmm. time when he managed the young lads. And obviously he's looking over and we're doing this uh, like exercise and I'm punching my arms in the air. So every time he sees me, it's him punching his arms in the air, shouting Aaron Dorans, which he obviously still hasn't, he doesn't know my name properly, but <laughs> yeah, I never said anything about it. I just let him, let him get on with it. Uh, much the same you know he would always be like oh Doran's I'm like I'm sure, I'm sure his name is Doran anyway um, we'll forgive him because of course he was the manager that uh, the guy did the club to the Scottish Cup final and that leads us on nicely to uh, season 14-15 uh, Yogi's first full season in charge of course you know famously he, you know, he told the story about how you know, the chat with um, the chairman and the directors were a wee bit worried about the style of play and, and would it be successful. But, you know, fast forward on to the end of the season, of course, it was incredibly successful. Did you get the feeling, I mean, that you guys were playing, you know, great football? Did you get the feeling that, that something special was going to happen perhaps at the start of that season? Um, I didn't know how well we did, but I knew we were playing some lovely stuff. I think we played right in the preseason friendly, and we passed them off the park, and then we played um, Birmingham, and it was the same again. We absolutely barred them. Like we played some lovely football, and we obviously had uh, younger lads coming through again, like Ryan Christie, which that style suited him down to the ground. And um, but as the season went on, it just got better and better. The season ended with uh, the Scottish Cup final. Um, we've, you know, I've spoken to well, a lot of the, your teammates. Um, I'm keen to hear your uh, side of the story. Um, you were heavily involved in that Cup final as well. Your nice wee uh, switch of pass um, allows Marley Watkins in to, to score the opener. Uh, what are your, your memories of that 90 minutes at Hamden? I mean, a game that, you know, again, was had everything didn't it you know it had us hanging on right to the end and James Vincent scores a winner what are your uh, memories and recollections of maybe not the 90 minutes but even the build up to it as well you know because it was it was pretty special heading into that cup final yeah the build up personally for me uh, it was it was good it was really good Um, I think Yogi he didn't know what to do in my position basically like he he wanted me in the team for the way I would go forward the way I set things up but I don't know. We all he had this little worry that I wouldn't wouldn't do the defensive job, which I don't know why because I've I've always thought I do the defensive job pretty well. But he always had that, and right up until the last days, like you're gonna you're gonna do your defensive jobs. Like we were training in a uh, who stadium? What Livy Stadium? And after the last session, he's like, "Are you gonna do the defensive duties?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course I am." Like, right, you're starting. You're starting. I was like, "Okay," but he was a, a mad guy. But it was the build up. We stayed down in a hotel for a for a couple of days we trained we trained really well and we just had like team bonding um and it was just a crazy build-up like it's the biggest probably the biggest games of all of our lives so um then obviously on the on the day to go out there and we just we the first half we played the football that we were playing all season we got the ball down i think we were well on top and marley marley gets the goal 
And then the second half, just like we should have took more chances, I think, in the first half. We should have scored more goals, uh, which we didn't. So Falkirk, obviously, uh, see Carlo getting sent off and then score from from a free kick. And then everyone in the stadium must be thinking, all right, this is this is only going to go one way now, uh, which is Falkirk's. But thankfully, Marley still had a few miles in the tank and ran out the pitch. And obviously, the goalkeeper parried and uh, the rest is history. James Vincent scored. Yeah, you, just an unbelievable day. You were still in the park when when Carl um, got sent off. You, you left shortly after. You were subbed off for a Danny Williams. Um, but yeah, I mean that. I mean, well, we've we've spoke to uh, Carlo, and you know, obviously he was he was feeling worse than anyone. Um, you know, being sent off. But you're right. I think the looking at that game, uh, I think everyone was really worried about how it would how it would pan out. Watching on from the from the from the dugout because your afternoon was over with twelve minutes to go. Um, talk to us about your your view, seeing James Vincent knocking that winner, and and then the, the celebrations afterwards. Yeah, just unbelievable. I think we all ran onto the pitch basically because I, me personally as well, I couldn't see <laughs> after they scored. I'm thinking this is only going one way. So for them, for us to go up the pitch and then score like that from a counter attack basically uh, was just. Unbelievable! Like to win the Scottish Cup or Inverness is a, a massive big deal, and that season was just a special, special season. And then, yeah, it was a a drunken bus journey back up the road, and <laughs> sure, sure, there was some videos shared that was a uh, dancing close, very close to the A nine, and on the road, I don't know, it was up the road or somewhere like that. But I don't know why we were on the road. Every time the videos were taken, very, very dangerous. And then another dangerous incident is Yogi. I think. Drank for the first time in six years, so <laughs> I I've got my toy pulled off my neck, my shirt ripped open. The uh, he's two footed me in the head. He, he's I don't know why he's just attacking me. And well, and um, we were in the pub as well at the wherever we stopped. We were at the pub, and he came over to me and he's like, and he's like he he said I knew it'd pay off. I knew it'd pay off basically because he's that's what he said to me because he's playing me. So but he's probably he was drunk at the time, but <laughs> yeah, I. I loved Yogi. I got along really well and we had a, a close relationship. So uh, he'd done great things for the club and uh, I hope he gets back into managing another team because he's he's a top coach and he, he gets football teams playing some lovely stuff and uh, he deserves to be coaching. He, he talked about it himself when I interviewed him last year about uh, kicking you in the head uh, and that, that bus and a few other, you know, other guys have, have talked about it as well. It's obviously still something that they remember, uh, you know, so vividly. Um, but it, it, at the same time, you know, when, when you hear a, a story of a, a football manager uh, drop kicking, okay, it's in celebration, but drop kicking one of his players in the heads, you you would automatically assume, oh, hang on, there's something no right there. But you know, is, is there an altercation? But far from it, because I, I think, yeah, I think what you're saying there, your relationship with Yogi, I think Yogi had a, 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 an appreciation of yourself as well, and I'm sure he would admit that too. There was a there was a genuine, you know, uh, appreciation for each other, and I'm sure the, the drop kick was in was in jest, but it maybe didn't feel like that at the time. No, I was gonna, I was gonna chase after him and uh, batter him, but no, <laughs> we, it, I didn't think of it like that. It was just, it was a, it was a funny moment. All the yeah. lads were laughing, like he was going around ripping uh, Scott Kelliker's shirt off, ripping his toy. He was doing it to everybody, but yeah, I thought we had a good relationship, so I just knew what he was like. He was, a, he was a funny guy and. Uh, a crazy character and even 
the next season, which wasn't going too well. He was, he was always the same with me. I was injured at the time and he'd always be upbeat around me. He wouldn't like, he'd always speak to me, which some managers, if they knew your player's going to be out for the whole season, they, they can be a bit off of you, but he was every day he would shout my name. So like down the corridor, doing that fist pump in the air every day. And people were like, I don't know how you keep coming in here every day. So we did have a, a good relationship and, uh, yeah. I want him to do well in whatever he does, to be honest. You mentioned that that following season, uh, you only make uh, one appearance uh, that season injury, you know, really uh, hampers you, your campaign because you've, as we've talked about there, you've gone for, you know, you've gone for the last three seasons playing uh, 40 or so games each season. That season, you, you make an appearance in the home game, the European home game against uh, Asra uh, Gurdjie, uh, and then, you know, you have your, your injury problems. That must have been a, a really tough year for you because, like I say, the last couple of years, I mean, I know you had that, uh, I, was, I was actually meant to double check it, but it was a shoulder injury you had in your um, in your first full season at the club. But then to go on and play for regularly for the next four years, to then have that, that injury, real big injury problem that season, uh, that must have been kind of tough mentally for you to, to, to deal with that. Yeah, it was. Um, I think... In pre-season, I come back. I really wanted to kick on that season, so I come back two or three weeks early. I've done my own training, um, and I was really fit coming back. And I, like even the pre-season, the the way I was training, I felt really good, really sharp. But there was a slight niggle in my knee, which I didn't think much of. Um, then obviously, as as the games and pre-season started to come on, I was feeling them more and more. Um, I think I come off a half time against Forest away with my knee and we couldn't get to the bottom of it. I had a scan in, in Ragmore, which came out and it basically said I had bone bruising, but I couldn't I couldn't play on what you were saying. So I'd rest it for a few days and then I'd try and play again. I think the first game against Astra, uh, I played, um, we'd done well. We played some nice stuff again and um, we were lucky to get beat 1-0. And then we go over there. My knee was sore that oh, playing that game and then it was still sore. I remember training in Romania before the game and I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm really going <clears> to <throat> get through through this, but played a game and we should have beat them. I missed a few chances myself, but a uh, massive game for the club in Europe and we should have we should have got through that round. We were the better sides in, in both games, but my knee was always in the back of my head. Um, and then I can remember just tr- basically walking off the plane and I could barely walk and I've said to the physio, uh, John at the time, that like, I need to I need to get this sorted. So he's like, or we send, he sent the scan that we done in Ragmore down to London to like the top guy. And he'd seen something straight away. So we, we had to, we flew down a few days later and like, we didn't know at the time about getting surgery. We we're just going in to see what he thought about. But he called us in the room. He just said, listen, you need to get microfracture surgery. Uh, now we can either do it today or we can do it tomorrow. Um, and he's like, but we'll need to do an MPFL as well on top of that, which is like they need to move my kneecap across because they think my kneecap might have been rubbing the cartilage on on the bone. So that was what was wearing away, basically. And the microfracture is obviously drilling the cartilage to make make it grow again. So they don't want the kneecap to rub again. So they had to pull that. So it was two surgeries in one, really. Jeez. And then uh, it was my last year in my contract. So I remember asking him how long and he's like, 12 months at least. And then I was, uh, my head was gone because I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, but I decided to get the surgery there and then. I knew I wasn't going to play again, <clears throat> which was really, really tough um, to think of. But 
I knew uh, Richie had a similar uh, surgery. He had the microfracture surgery, so he's like, "What can you do? It's uh, you need to get it done. You need to get your head down and just just try and get on with it." So that's that's exactly what I done. I tried to. I've just done my rehab every day. Tried to go into the stadium as much as I can, but it was tough, obviously, because you're never really involved. You're not ever going out to the training ground. You're just in the gym every day doing the same, yeah, the same thing. So it's it's mentally tough, but you get through it, and then. Uh, I showed I basically got back running I think it was April so I had to show Yogi and to show the chairman like I'm I'm back I'm back running I'll be able I'll be back probably for pre-season so mm-hmm. then the club obviously decided to give they gave me a new deal which was really supportive of them which was a they gave me a new two-year deal and that showed a lot of a uh, commitment from them and I was just raring to go the, the next season yeah obviously Richie became the manager yeah, Richie steps into the shoes. Um, that season, the Euro as well, if memory serves me right, I think there was maybe, uh, well, Richie, you mentioned there, obviously was was out um, injured for uh, a long spell that season. Dean Brill was also in the kind of treatment table, if you like. And if memory serves me right, I think there was one of, there was one or two others. I remember, you know, I remember at the time there was maybe, you know, maybe 1.5 or 6 uh, injured. So it wasn't a, a great time Um for the club in terms of, of injuries, but you eventually do get back playing. And, and as you say, Richie's uh, in charge as the manager. Again, it's a very difficult season for the club. Um, you, you personally, yourself, I mean, you you start the season and then it gets to about, I think, about February time and, and injuries uh, crop up again. I remember speaking to Josh uh, recently about this. And again, he was in a very similar situation to yourself when he got injured towards the end of the season. And I suppose frustration is the key thing because obviously you want to, to do your very best for the club yourself and the club but also uh, I'm assuming you know, Richie's a, a big friend of yours you know having um, yeah. joined the club and you kind of probably frustrated that you couldn't help him out in that in that sense of the, the, you know the way yeah definitely um, just to get into that season I was really looking forward to it obviously got back playing wasn't as sharp as I was obviously the season before and um, I was still trying to get back to fitness I still trying to like get my head around playing after this injury because I've obviously lost a lot of muscle in my legs and then to build up again and just get used to basically all the movements of playing football again so eventually I did uh, I got back playing and then I, d- I can't really recall what month it was but I couldn't believe it. I started feeling like similar twinges in my other knee um, so I've carried on for I think it was it was a couple of months, but it was just getting worse and worse. And I was doing extra runs after training as well to try and get sharper and back to the way I was. But that was just making my other knee a lot worse. And eventually, I tried to do the warm up one day and I, I couldn't do it. So I had to just tell the physio, "Listen, like I need, to, I think I need a scan on my knee because it's not this isn't getting any better." And then we've the scan has came back from Ragmore again. It's saying like bone bruising so straight away I told him we need to send that to London and he's picked up the exact same injury on me right knee which is crazy to be honest and he's he said we're going to have to do the exact same in uh, surgery and he's like I've never I've never had to do this surgery on the same player on two different knees so um that was obviously very I was I don't know I was in a bit of shock actually when the physio rang me and told me that I'd need to do the exact same thing <clears throat> but at the same time I knew exactly what I needed to do this time. It wasn't going into the unknown. I knew all the stuff that I was going to go through. So 
yeah, I was, a, I don't know, I was a bit more positive the second time getting through it. And um, I actually recovered a little bit faster because I think I knew what I was doing. You mentioned obviously being tough mentally. It must have been, you know, to, to recover, to have one knee and then the other go sh- and short. It's a short time span as well. I mean, that, that must have been worrying for you too. Yeah, because the first time, I remember a few people actually saying to me, like, you think, because it's a 12-month injury, you think you'll actually get back playing. And obviously that's not a nice thing to hear, but you want to yeah. put all them, all them doubters, you want to, like, basically prove them wrong, to be honest. And that's what, I don't know why I felt, I had this a bit more positivity around me the second time that I could get back and I wanted to go back and, and play again. Um, so I just pushed myself uh, a bit more. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's tough because this injury, you're in a, a straight brace. like for So you can't bend your leg for six weeks. Like you're lying in bed and your leg is just straight and then you get out of bed and there's just this machine that bends your leg for a few hours every day. But that's the only time you get to bend your leg. So it's very uncomfortable, but... I got through that one as well. And then obviously to get back playing, uh, it was something that I really wanted to do and, I, and I've done that. So yeah, it was a hard time, but I got through and that's all past me now. Cali, this will get relegated at the end of that season. And, and as we all know, um, Richie's replaced by by John Robertson. Now you um, get back on the, on the pitch uh, a couple of months into the start of that uh, John Robertson's first season. Uh, talk to us about the arrival of, of John Robertson. I was just a couple of weeks at the club. Uh, I, I left just at the kind of start of the, the July of that uh, 2017. But from what I can remember, you know, John Robertson came in with with a real, like, you know, it was a real burst of enthusiasm, you know, a bundle of energy. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people around the club, had, obviously, you know, it was a very difficult time for everyone um, but I remember John coming in and almost kind of just lifting everyone and uh, I'm assuming that was the same for the players too Yeah I think there was there was massive changes in the in the dressing room a, a lot of players left um, and Robbo brought in a, a lot of players and he has he is a very enthusiastic guy so he basically took control of everything I think and uh, he got the, the club going again I think the football though I think we struggled uh, for the first couple of months when he came in <clears throat> But then, obviously, uh, things have, have picked up. But um, as I said earlier, we're still in the championship and we've got to the playoffs a couple of times under Robbo. And uh, we're unfortunate with the COVID times as well that we didn't get the chance to play in the playoffs. But we had some good teams and some good players and we we're unlucky to not get promoted. But that's just the way it goes. That, that first season that John's in charge, obviously, the Challenge Cup is added to the, to the trophy cabinet as well. I know the club have have won that a number of times in their history too. And the following season you mentioned, I mean, that 2018-19 season, you make just short of 50 appearances, which is uh, which is which is good going from someone who, you know, had issues with two knees in, in the last couple of years. It's a season that again, Cali Thistle just falls short. Dundee United beat you in the uh, in the semi-final playoff. But again, some fantastic results. A great cup run as well. You got to the semi-final of, of the Scottish Cup at Hamden too. You just get the impression that, that COVID season, I know that the club were second when um, things were called, but I always get the impression that must have been a really really tough time for everyone, of course, COVID, but really frustrating because when, when Robbo came in, it was a, you know, a, a, a kind of transitional season 
following season you get to the, the semi-finals or the playoff and who knows what, what would have happened had the season carried on before uh, lockdown and, and COVID etc there was a there's a real kind of building process and certainly in the last couple of years at Cali Thistle which which hopefully we'll see the club back in the top flight very soon yep definitely that's that's where we all want to be um in that COVID season I think we we were strong uh, there was only Dundee United that really got the better of us so we were confident that the way we were playing and we would have been confident going to the playoffs <clears throat> but unfortunately we didn't get the chance so uh this season, if all goes well, hopefully we can get that promotion back. Um, it's going well and uh, we have a good squad and a good manager. So we will be pushing to try and to get back into the Premiership. Absolutely. We'd love to see Cali Thistle back in the, the top flight. Aaron, 10 years at Cali Thistle. Um, in 2011, if I'd said to you, listen, you're going to be uh, here 10 years on. Um, you're going to be settled in the area with, with, um, with a partner and and a kid as well. What would you have? What would you have said if I'd said that ten years ago? No, I don't. I don't think I would have believed it to be honest. Um, but I've I've loved every minute. I've had a lot of lots of ups and uh, some downs, obviously. But I've loved my time here, and I am have a partner now and two kids here, so I can't say anything bad about the club, about about the Highlands, uh, and I've enjoyed my time. And I'm, as I said, I'm just trying to hopefully help this team get back into the Premiership now. Like myself, and an adopted Highlander, uh, yep. very much loving the area. I'm keen to know about. Obviously, we've we've mentioned a fair amount of your uh, of your teammates uh, over the years. I mean, you've played in some some excellent uh, Cali Thistle sides and played alongside you know guys that'll be fondly remembered by uh, Cali Thistle fans for a long time. In terms of yourself personally, who did you really enjoy playing with? I know it's very difficult to ask and narrow down, but is there anyone or any? players that are going to stand out that you really enjoyed playing alongside? Um, I have to say, I have to say Billy McCoy, obviously, um, for such a small guy, he has unbelievable hold of play and then he has two great feet and you've seen the amount of goals he scored over the years. He's just been, I think he's a top, top player. He's still, still at the club now scoring goals. I, I obviously slag him a bit saying he's he's 36 or 37 years of age, but I think he's only 23. So I'm sure he has a few more goals to try and get close to breaking that all-time record because uh, he does, he just loves scoring. And yeah, he's definitely one up there. And another one would be uh, Andy Sheeney. I know I didn't play from, with him too long. Yeah, He went to Berlin early, but just, just taking the ball uh, as much as he can. And what he done that season... Uh, where we just missed out in Europe was brilliant and he definitely I think he just missed he was in the final three of like the PFA player of the years that year and that's a big thing and he made a Scotland debut at yeah. playing for Inverness so he just he was unbelievable that season and just the way he takes the ball and sets sets goals up and the goals he scored that season was was a real joy to watch and a, a joy to play with so definitely them two are obviously up there with the best of play with and uh there is a few more, obviously. There's Graham, Sheeney, there's Ryan Christie, there's just top, top players. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. You've been alongside some some cracking players. Billy McKay, of course, is not too far away from the um, the all-time scoring record, and I'm sure uh, Billy will will have that in his sights, but at the same time, he needs players like um, like Aaron Doran on the wings to supply the ammunition for him to do so um, as he as he reaches that uh, that target. He's only 10 goals off, off third, so I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll probably have that by the, the time the season's out. 
Um, Aaron, I really appreciate your time. It's been uh, brilliant to look over, as I say, your career so far, and especially your your ten years uh, connected with with them, and ten years and more connected with Inverness Cali Thistle. Cheers, Ian. Thanks a lot. I've enjoyed it. Well, a massive thanks to Aaron Doran for taking part. Don't forget to check out the HFL show out on Thursday morning for all the latest from the Highland League. And once again, a massive thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back with another Highland Football Weekly next Monday.